Father, speak to us this afternoon. Spirit of the Lord, have your way amongst us. Oh Lord, we avail our hearts to you this afternoon. We say, change us and have your way. Draw us. Draw us closer and closer. Father, let us walk like we have never walked before. Oh Jesus, talk to us. Let us not live here the same as we came. You say you will send forth your word and you will accomplish the purpose for which you send it. It shall not return to you void, but it shall accomplish that purpose. Father, let your word accomplish a purpose in everyone who is here this afternoon. We thank you, Spirit of the Lord. I avail myself as a vessel. Lord, you know my inadequacies. You know my weaknesses. You know all my infirmities. But Lord, you say you have this treasure in earthen vessels. Lord, I avail myself. Let us just be a vessel fit for the master's use. I thank you. I bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. With a clap offering, why don't you take your seats? Amen. Wonderful. Well, I'm glad for all of you who were able to break all the barriers to come to your father's house. It's wonderful. We've been sharing for some few weeks now about tithing, about tithe, tithing with the Lord. That is giving a tenth of all your, your increase to God. Hallelujah. Now, this is a message that a lot of people close their ears to and um, especially when it is the first time you have not gone to church in a while and you go to church. You see, a lot of times we find reasons for not doing what we are not doing. You see? And so you come to church and then you hear and they say, we are talking about tithing. And then you say, here we go again. That is why I don't go to church. All that these pastors want is my money. And that is why I don't go to church. But I want you to just have an open heart and let the Lord speak to you. Amen. Amen. One thing that every Christian should understand is that with or without you, the work of God will go on. Hallelujah. With or without you, the work of God will go on. Amen. And don't think for once that God is out there to get your money. Or God has selected servants, his servants, to come and take your money. Hallelujah. Now, if you will be patient and you will attend all these services until the end, I believe God will deliver you from certain calamity and certain difficulties and certain situations. Hallelujah. It is not that God wants your money. What God wants is your heart. Hallelujah. God wants your heart, not your money. Amen. So we've been sharing so many things about tithing. And today we want to continue where we left off. So why don't we read our scripture from Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10 again. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. It says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. Tell your neighbor, meat in God's house. Say that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing 
that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Hallelujah. This is the promise of the Lord. He says, bring ye all the tithes, all the tithes, not some of it, all the tithes, into the storehouse. You see, the reason why a lot of people have not reaped the blessings of tithe is that they do not obey the scripture fully. God is saying, bring ye all the tithe. And I say that God does not put any word in his word that has no significance. God is not someone who wastes words. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So anything that he puts in the scriptures has a reason and a meaning. He says, bring ye all the tithe. And he knows that we don't bring in all the tithe. So he says, bring ye all the tithe, all the tenth. Isn't that what it means? All of the tenth into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house. That is your requirement. And then his requirement or his portion of the covenant, he says, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Hallelujah. God is a covenant-keeping God. He's a God of covenant, and he keeps his covenant. Amen. So, we shared from last week that this covenant is actually with our hearts. God is making a covenant with our hearts. Hallelujah. And we began by explaining the reason why this covenant is with our heart from Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21. Do you remember? We read a scripture in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21. It says, wherever your treasure is, Wherever, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Or wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Hallelujah. So you see, if your treasure is in money, your desire will be in money. And your heart will be in money. Hallelujah. And God knows that we like money. Now, is there one person here who does not like money? There's only one person. I see that hand. Be careful what you wish for because God is going to open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you will not have room enough in your life to contain it. Hallelujah. So he says, where your treasure is, that is where your heart will be. I read the version in the message. It says, the place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be. The place where your treasure is, is the place where you will most want to be and end up being. Hallelujah. That is where you will end up being. Amen. The place where your treasure is. When you find a treasure in a young woman, you always want to be with that young woman. And you end up, you want to end up marrying that young woman. Your parents think you are in school, but you are in the, with this young woman. They think you are in the library, you are with this. You see, that is where you yearn to be. Because you have found this treasure. You don't want to let go. Amen. Hallelujah. It says, that is where you would want to be, where your treasure is. Now, where do you think God wants us to be at any time? God wants us to be with him. God always wants us to be with him. In fact, he says that he has made, look, this is how it proves that he wants, he says that he has made you his temple. You are his temple and he dwells in you. God dwells in you. He always wants to be with you. And so if he's saying that where your treasure is, that is where you want to be, then when you put a treasure in him, then you will always be with him. Isn't that so? Sometimes, you see, we sing the song, but we don't mean it. We sing it. He says, I just want to be where you are. Who can sing it for me? 
Joyce, come, 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 come. come. I just want to be where you are. Isn't that what we sing? How many of you want to be with the Lord? Always. Sing it for me. I just want to be where you are. Dwelling daily in your presence. Dwelling daily in your presence. I don't want to worship from afar. I don't want to worship from afar. No. I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. I just want to be where you are. In your presence forever. Isn't that where we want to be? In his Please presence. Please take me to the place, Lord, where, where you, you are. I, I just want to be I want to be where you are. Oh. Dwelling in your presence. I want to be where you are. Dwelling in your presence. Oh, Jesus. Feasting at your Feasting table. At your table. I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. I just want to be surrounded by your glory. Oh. In your, in bosom. your presence. In your presence. In your presence. That's where I always want to be. Oh, I, I just want to be. I just want to be with you. I just want to be. I just want to be with you. Hallelujah. Amen. That is where we want to be. We want to be in the presence of the Lord. We sing it. And we feel it. And we are in it. And we are, we are filled with emotions that we are crying. That is where we want to be. But he says that if you will put your treasure in a place, that is where you will want to be. If you will put your treasure in a place, that is where you will want to be. And that is where you will end up being. So we can sing it all we want. If we do not put our treasure in him, if we do not put our treasure in his storehouse, we will not end up being there. Oh yes. I am just reading the scriptures to you. It says, the place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. Hallelujah. Amen. That is where you will end up being. If your treasure is in the Lord. Hallelujah. If your treasure is in the Lord, you will end up being with the Lord. Amen. And so God knows that if he is going to get us, if he is going to get us to be with him, if he is going to get us to be with him, then we ought to put his tre- our treasure in him. Amen. Because we, once we put our treasure in him, we will end up being with him. You know, a lot of people who are really committed to churches, doing things in churches, establishing churches, are people who pay tithes. Oh, yes. People who you, you realize they come to you and then you don't see them anymore. You have to call them, come. Why didn't you come begging them? They don't pay tithes. Their treasure is not in the house. So they don't desire to be there. Amen. And God knows that and understands that. Hallelujah. So he makes it such that if you want to get to riches, if you want to get to riches, then you have to get through him. In our path to riches, God has designed it such that we will know him. God has designed it such that we will walk through him. We will seek him. Hallelujah. And so he says in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18 that it is he, it is he, God, who giveth thee power to make wealth. It is God who gives you power to make wealth. And wealth is not easily available. You don't easily find wealth. Hallelujah. Except God gives you the power, you cannot find wealth. 
Some, you see, and sometimes what we define as well, sometimes you see, you see someone living in riches and you say, oh, this person has everything that he needs, but he doesn't even serve God. You know, you see, there is, there is special favor that came upon Solomon because of David. Do you understand? You see, sometimes you don't know, sometimes you don't know what someone's father and grandfather and great-great-grandfather, some covenant that they have made with the Lord. Do you see? And sometimes the riches descend upon certain people. Now, what covenant are you making with the Lord, you yourself, that the riches will descend unto your children? Hallelujah. Riches, they are not easy to find. Isaiah chapter 45. Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 2. Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 2. It says, I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in asunder the bars of iron. Look at this. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. Why? Why? That thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which called thee by the name, am God of Israel. That you may know that I, the Lord, who called thee by name, I am God of Israel. Hallelujah. It says that I will give you the rich, I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. I want you to take note of these phrases. Treasures of darkness and hidden wealth of secret places. Hidden riches of secret places. Treasures are not easy to find. They are hidden. Hallelujah. They are hidden. Real treasures, real treasures, they are hidden. Real treasures that make a person rich, they are hidden. They are in secret places. Hallelujah. And God has to do that because he understands, he knows, according to Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 19, he says that money answereth all things. Money answereth all things. And he knows that when we have money, we don't seek him. When we have money, we don't serve him. He knows that once money is in our hand, we can afford to do whatever we want. And so, the, the riches, the wealth, real wealth for the money to come into your hand, he hides it in secret places and in darkness that you may know that he is the God of Israel who called thee by name. That you may know him. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you this afternoon? Because he knows that when we have... Have you not realized that your time of prayer from before compared to now that you have a job is different? Would you agree with me that your time that you spend in prayer with the Lord is not the same as when you lacked, when you didn't know what you will eat the next day, when you didn't have a job, when you didn't know when the rent was coming from, that you spent a lot of time in prayers, that you prayed before the hour stroke midnight. Hallelujah. But you see, when we have, when we have, we don't pray. When we have, we don't, we don't seek the Lord. Amen. When people are going to work and they are busy and you are trying to share Christ with them, they don't want to hear it. They are going to a place where it will provide for them. Amen. Amen. But riches, they are in secret places. Hallelujah. Riches are in secret places. Amen. If we have money, we don't seek the Lord. But God wants you to prosper. I say God wants you to prosper. 
I don't know how many people are here who wants to prosper, but I'm telling you this afternoon that God wants you to prosper. Hallelujah. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to have riches. God wants you to have wealth. Amen. God does not intend that you will be poor. That is why when you see men of God who are prospering and who are prosperous, don't complain. It is not the will of God that any one of us will be poor. God is not a poor God. Hallelujah. He is not a poor God. And no one serves God and be poor. Amen. It's not his intention that you be poor. But that you may know him, he puts the treasure in a place where you will pass through him. He says he's the one that gives you the power to make wealth. Hallelujah. Let's look at the scripture in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 26. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 26. Amen. You see, God's creation, God did not intend that any of his creation will look sad and miserable and ugly and not well-dressed and hungry. That was not God's intention. Hallelujah. That is why you, when you look at nature, you admire it. It's beautiful. Hallelujah. For them, they don't have a mind to choose to serve or not to serve God. God created all of us to bring him glory. So why do you think that your misery, your hunger, your, your homelessness will bring glory to God? It does not bring any glory to God. So he says, behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into bands, yet your heavenly father, your heavenly father, you, your heavenly father, your heavenly father. He said that, yet your heavenly father feedeth them. Your heavenly father feeds them. The birds of the air, they don't sow. They don't reap. They don't gather into bands. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Are you not much better than they? Did he not give you dominion over them? So are you no more important than they? Does God take any pleasure in your poverty? Does God take any pleasure in your misery? In your homelessness that you are struggling to pay for rent? What pleasure does it bring to God that you, as child of God, is suffering? What kind of father? Even you, even you, your own children, they will not ask you for fish and you will give them serpents. They will not ask for bread and you give them stones. Oh, so what makes you feel that your heavenly father has a desire to make you poor? But he has to hide the riches in a place that you acknowledge him. Amen. Amen. He wants you to acknowledge him. He wants your heart. Because he knows that where your heart is, where you put your treasure is where your heart will be. So he says, they neither sow nor plant. They don't reap. They don't gather into bands. Yet your heavenly father feeded them. Are ye not much better than they? Verse 27. He says, which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? You can't. And why take ye thought for raiment? Raiment means clothing. Why do you think of clothing? Why do you think of what you wear? It says, consider the lilies of the field. Look at the flowers in the field. How they grow. They toil not. Neither do they spin. They don't do any of these things. They don't catch the train in the morning. They don't run after the bus. They don't clock in at 7 o'clock. They don't deduct from their time. They don't need to do any of these things. And yet, I say unto you, that even Solomon, was Solomon a rich man? Look, I want you to open your eyes to the scriptures. Open your ears to the scriptures. And understand. God chose one of the richest men that ever lived. And he says, yet Solomon, he says, yet, and yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. 
He was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, it is here today, and tomorrow is cut into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? O ye of little faith. Why do you so belittle your God? Why do you bring him that low? If he can clothe the grass which is here today and tomorrow it is gone. If he can clothe even such grass, such plants, if he can clothe the flowers and make them so glorious, why do you think that your heavenly father will cause you to be naked? Oh, ye of little faith. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Take no thought for these things. Let these things not dominate your thinking. Let these things not be on your mind. Let it not be your worry. What shall we eat? Or what shall we clothe? Or what shall we drink? Let it not be one of the things that you worry about. Oh, ye of little faith. He says, for after all these things. Do you see where the scripture is coming from? He says, for after all these things, do the Gentiles or the unbelievers, Gentiles are the unbelievers, people who do not believe in God. He says, for after all these things, do the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Your heavenly father knows already that you have need of all these things. He knows that you have need of all these things. So he says, you seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. Hallelujah. They shall be added unto you. Do you believe these things? You see, Jesus knows that it is difficult for you to be. So it's, oh, ye of little faith. It is difficult for you to put your trust in the Lord. It is difficult for you to seek the kingdom of God first. It is difficult for you to put your treasure in him. But he says, if you are able to do that, if you are able to do that, your heavenly father knows that you have need of these things. Don't you think that God knows that it will be nice? Elena, if you and your husband are sitting in a nice Mercedes Benz and you are driving it, God knows that it will be nice. God knows that it will be nice. God knows that it will be nice if you are also dressed nicely. God knows that it will be nice if you also, you have clothes filled in a wardrobe. God knows that it will be nice. And he says that these are the things that the unbelievers are seeking after. These are the things that they are going after. This is the reason why they are not here. But your father, your heavenly father, he knows that you also have need of these things. God knows that you need these things. God knows that you need to pay your rent. God knows that you need to buy gas and put in your car. It is not the will of God that your car will be left on a highway because you ran out of gas. Amen. Amen. He knows that you also have need of that. And so he says, seek him first, his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Hallelujah. So God has to hide the treasure. So that we will get to the treasure through him. By knowing him. By seeking him first before we get to the treasure. By seeking the kingdom of God first. He will open up the treasure unto us. Because real treasures, I tell you, they are hidden. Real treasures that make a nation great. The treasures that make a nation great, they are hidden. Have you not realized that? Have you not realized that gold is hidden? And when a nation has gold, they have wealth. Have you not realized that diamonds, they are not on the ground. You don't pick up diamonds. I'm here to find diamonds lying all around the place. Amen. God did not intend to hide them from us if only we will have him first and if only our heart will be with him. In heaven, gold is on the streets, by the way. 
Hallelujah. Is someone understanding what I'm sharing with you? Diamonds are hidden. Oil, oil, oil is hidden. It is hidden. Tell me what treasure, what treasure is in the open that you can easily find? Treasures are hidden. Treasures that make nations great. Treasures that make nations wealthy. Well, I say riches, they are in secret places. They are in dark places. Hallelujah. They are hidden. You cannot find oil just because you went to a land where they said there's oil. Even when you come to the place, it is still hidden. Hallelujah. Amen. In a certain continent, the nations serve, worship idols for many years. They worship idols for many years. They, they will put a stone and they will call it a god. And they will kill animals and pour blood on them and they serve these gods. They did not know the God of Israel. And these nations, they live in poverty for a long time. Many, many years. Because they could not find this God to go through to find his riches. Hallelujah. So they were living, they were living in around hidden treasures. They were living where the treasures were. Treasures were there, but they could not find them. Except the ones who found this God of Israel, they arrived, they came, and they find that these people are living among treasures, and they don't even know. Because treasures, they are hidden. And except that you go through the God of Israel, you cannot find treasures. I say you cannot find treasures. You cannot find them. And so they were living in poverty. They were living in hearts. They were living in poverty, hunger, and sicknesses. And treasures were all around them. Treasures were all around them. Because you cannot find treasure if you don't know this God. You cannot find treasure if you don't know this God. Hallelujah. Until someone comes, someone who the Lord, someone who is going through this God, someone who has the word of God to guide him. That person will come and find that treasure and show you that you are living by treasure. You are living by gold. You are living by oil. For all your years of suffering and hunger, oppression, feed yourself, you were living in hunger. And there was treasure right around you. You were living in treasure all around you, but you did not know. Some of you are young. You don't know even what I'm talking about. (laughs) Hunger, hunger. They give you names for the hunger of the bones around your neck. And there was treasure all around you. But you could not find it. Because you did not know this God. Your ancestors worshipping idols. Amen. You see, America is one of the richest countries in the world. Do you understand? It is one of the richest countries in the world, but you yourself, you have realized that you don't have riches. You are in the land, but you don't have riches. I say you are in the land, but you don't have riches. Because they are hidden in dark places, in secret places. Riches are hidden. Riches are hidden. Hallelujah. Riches are hidden in secret places. Wealth, they are in dark places. And so you are living in the financial, what do we call the city? The financial capital of the world. But you still don't see the riches. Tell me, you have been around for a while. Where are the riches? Where are the riches? Because the riches, they are in secret places. They are hidden in darkness. They are in secret places. And except this God gives you the power. Hallelujah. So you will see that you are living in what they call financial diabetes. You are living in, fan, in, in plenty of riches, but you cannot absorb it. You see, that is how diabetes is. Diabetes is people have a lot of sugar, a lot of sugar in their body, but they are hungry. A lot of sugar and they are falling into coma. They cannot absorb the sugar because they need insulin. 
insulin to help them pull the sugar into their muscles, into their brain, for the brain to work and for the muscles to work. So there's plenty of sugar in the blood. But they cannot absorb it. Because that device or that source that brings that insulin, that brings the glucose or the sugar into the muscles and the brain, you don't have it. And the same way, you are also living in riches. Riches. But because you don't have this God, because you don't have this God, you are living also in riches, but you can absorb it. You cannot, because it takes this God to bring that riches of darkness into your life. <laughs> Hallelujah. You need that God to bring that riches of darkness into your life. Amen. Riches are in darkness. Treasure is in darkness. Even your little treasure, you, even the little treasure that you have, you have hidden it. Even your little jewelry, the little jewelry that you have, when we come to your house, it's not, it's not lying around. You don't decorate your jewelry on your wall. Amen. Thieves can break into your apartment. They can never find the jewelry in your house. Because treasures, real treasures, people hide them. Real treasures, they are hidden. That's why the, the necklace that you buy from the streets, they are all over the place. But your real treasure, hey, your real treasure, nobody can find. Your small savings, you are hiding your small savings. This small savings, it's your treasure. Put complex password. That you can't even remember at some point. You select complex password. When you go to the machine, you look here and you look there. No one is around, but you keep looking. You keep looking. You keep looking before you put one. And then you look. You put another one. And then you realize that, ah, it's not right. And then you clean it. And then you start again. Complex password to hide your treasure. Treasures are in darkness. Treasures are hidden. Hallelujah. We hide our treasure because treasure, you see, that is the nature that we also acquire from God. When we have little treasure, we also hide in it. We don't want to expose it. Even you are giving. When you are giving, you don't want anyone to see you. You don't. Just in case people will know that you have wealth. Some of you, you are so glad that we pay tight online because you don't want people to know even your treasure, how much you make. You don't want people to know. True or not true? Oh, yes. You don't want people to know. You, I say treasures are hidden in darkness and in secret places. Spouses hide their treasure from their spouses. You hide your treasure from your spouses. Husband is hiding his treasure. The wife is hiding her treasure. You come quickly to pick up your paycheck from the mailbox before... He sees it. Now, when the year comes to an end and your, 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 your yellow check is coming from the government, hey, you take off a whole week waiting at home to take that mail from the mailbox. Even you are, you are afraid that the, mailbox, the mailman may do something with your check. I said treasures are hidden in darkness. Amen. Treasures are hidden in darkness. So even that check that you receive... All sorts of complex things on the check so that no one can make any copy. Treasures, real treasures, they are hidden in darkness. Hallelujah. Hiding treasures. Hiding every, everyone hides his treasure. Amen. Parents hide treasure from their children. Your children will come to you. We need money. You say, you have the treasure, but you say, I have to go and borrow some money to give you. I need $500. Okay, I will find some means to borrow some money to give you. Because you don't want anyone to know that you have treasure. Treasures are hidden in darkness. Hallelujah. Some of you, you hide your treasure. Sometimes you hide your own money in your own house and you can't find it. You are looking for the most secret place in your house. And you, oh, can I have a witness in the house? You are making it look like I'm the only one that does that. 
you hide your money in your own house and you can't find it. Amen. So real treasures, they are hidden. Is someone understanding what I'm saying? Real treasures, they are hidden. So let's look at even how God describes the path to this treasure. Go back to Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 2. Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 2. Look, it says, I, God, I will go before thee and make the crooked path, the crooked places straight. Shall I do you see? First of all, there is a crooked place. It's never a straightforward course to riches. It says there's a crooked place. There's a, that you have to go through crooked places. He says, and I, God, if you will put your trust in me, if you will acknowledge me, I, God, I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. Two, I will break in pieces the gates of brass. Look at that. There are gates of brass as you are going towards treasure. He says, and I will break in pieces the gates of brass. Except God breaks those gates for you, you can never enter. He says, I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in asunder the bars of iron. Wow. You are going through crooked places. And finally, when you negotiate through the crooked places and you think you have arrived, you see a straight course. And as you are going, you see a gate of brass. I say treasures, they are not easy to come by. You see a gate of brass, and then you see the bars of iron. After you go through the gate of brass, then there's, uh, there are bars of iron. No wonder we are not able to reach the treasures like that. Hallelujah. He says, and I, 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 God, will give thee the treasure. So, after you have gone through the crooked places, and you have come before the gates of brass, and he has broken the gates of brass, say you manage to break the gates of brass. And then you come to the bars of iron, and you manage to break the bars of iron. Now, you have come to a place, and you think the riches are there, but they are also in darkness. I don't see why anyone will try to get to these riches without acknowledging God, without first seeking his kingdom. I don't see why anyone will make any effort that I will take God, I will put God aside, I will, take, I will put church aside, and I will work so hard because that is why I came here, and I'm working hard to make money. They are in darkness. Treasures of darkness. Treasures of darkness. Oil, oil, they are in darkness. Real wealth, they are in darkness. Diamonds, they are in darkness. They are in darkness. Sometimes people go deep, deep, deep down. Deep down. And digging down. Just so you can get this treasure. Put lives at risk. Put lives at risk. Just so you can get this treasure. He says, I will give thee the treasures of darkness. So there is darkness. Once you even come around riches, there is darkness. It's in darkness. So I believe that there were certain places, you know, people had gold around them. And they didn't even know that they were living in wealth. They, are, they were in darkness. They were, and they gathered a lot of gold. A lot of gold. They had a lot of gold, and when they, they, they heard that a war was coming closer to them, they would dig the gold, put the gold in the ground, cover it, and plant a tree. And then they would leave. And then when they come back, there's so many trees. They don't know where they plant the tree, the gold. I'm telling you, except that you have this God, treasures, they are in darkness. I, I will not be surprised if 
some places in South Africa, before someone who knew this God of Israel came, they were taking, they were killing birds with diamonds. They were throwing diamonds to kill birds. Hallelujah. Amen. Treasures are in darkness. He says that I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. They are in secret places. People hide riches. Riches are in secret places. And I did this. That I did this. The reason why I did this. The reason why you have to go through the crooked places and come through the gates of brass and go through the bars of iron and then come through the darkness and then secret places to before you get to the riches. The reason why I did this is that that thou mayest know, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which called thee by thy name, I am the God of Israel. That you may know that I am the God of Israel. The reason why you search and search and you can't find is because you have not acknowledged that God is the God of Israel. The reason why you are toiling, the reason why you are toiling and you still don't have is because you have not acknowledged that God is the God of Israel. Beloved, if you can receive this scripture and acknowledge God to be God and let him be God in your life, and he says, that, bring ye the tithe, because that is where your treasure, just acknowledge him that this is your portion. This is you, God. You are the God of Israel. If you will acknowledge him, he will make the crooked path straight. I say he will straighten up the crooked path. He will break the bars for you. He will break the iron bars for you. He will open up the gates of brass for you. And he will open your eyes. Except the Lord open your eyes. You'll be in darkness. Treasures are around you. I said there were generation upon generation. A whole continent living in darkness. And treasures were all around them. And they didn't know. Hallelujah. They didn't know. But there are some people that God opened their eyes. And they acknowledge this God. And they say, this is the God of Israel. And from ancestor to ancestors, from generation to generation, they acknowledge God. And God has opened this bar of iron for them. God has removed the brass of iron for them. God has made a crooked path straight for them. And these people are wealthy. Because they acknowledge God to be God. Hallelujah. There's no, re- there's no reason, no other explanation why the Jews should be so rich. Except that they have acknowledged that thou mayest know that I am God, the Lord which called thee by name. I'm the God of Israel. There's no other reason. There is no other reason why they should be so rich. The richest billionaires. The richest people in the world. In every nation. In everywhere they, where they are. He said that wherever your, your, your foot will touch the ground, I'll give you. And today we cannot do without the Jews. Hallelujah. So I'm going to share with you for... Our time is up. Mercy. Forgive. Hallelujah. Anyway, let me just share this with you and then we can bring our service to a close. You see, any means of getting to this Riches without the God of heaven leading you through the crooked paths and through breaking the bars of iron and breaking the gates of brass for you and opening your eyes. Any means of getting there is through stealing. Hallelujah. Oh, you don't like it. I said any means. If I, if I put my treasure in a place like this, and I say, I have the keys to open these doors for you, and you manage to get there without me. Is it not stealing? So I want to share with you what it means to steal from God. What it means to rob God. How many of you want to know what it means to rob God? What does it mean to rob God? Malachi chapter 3 and verse 8. 
Malachi chapter 3 and verse 8. It says, Will a man rob God? God is asking. It says, Will a man rob God? Will anyone in his right mind, a man, ordinary man, will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? So God is asking the question and he's answering. He says, will a man actually steal from God? Will a man rob God? He says, yet you have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. That is the answer. You have robbed me in tithes and offerings. If you are sitting here and you don't pay your tithe, God is saying you have robbed him. Now, you see, stealing is different, a little different from robbing. Isn't that so? You see, you can steal, you know, and you, know, you, you, you steal from someone the person doesn't see. Sometimes the person doesn't even know who stole. Isn't that so? That is stealing. That is the purpose of stealing. That you take such that they won't know it is you. Isn't that so? That's the goal of stealing. But Robin, Robin, it is, you know that I am coming. You know that I am taking from you. Isn't that so? So I take from you what belongs to you. So God cannot say you have robbed him if it doesn't belong to him. So if you are robbing from God, it means that you are taking like God is seeing. And his eyes are looking and you are taking. Is somebody understanding what I'm saying? Look, you are, you are an arm robber sitting right here and you don't know. Amen. He says, will a man actually rob God? Ask yourself. Say, well, well, can I rob God? But God is saying, yes. You have robbed me. You have robbed me in tithes and in offering. Ask your neighbor, can a man rob God? As, is it possible? Can a man really rob God? But God is saying, yet you have robbed me. And you have robbed me in tithes and in offerings. Hallelujah. You have robbed God in tithes and in offerings. Amen. It is not, it's not, it's not an easy thing to rob God. Young man. You are robbing God. Young woman, you are robbing God. Hallelujah. And you see, one of the reasons people, and you attribute it, you see, God is saying that you are robbing. That means that the tithe belongs to him. That means that once you earn your income, he has put a 10% on it. It is for him. Because you can't say, I have robbed you if it is not yours. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? You cannot say, I have robbed you if it is not yours. If I've not taken that which belongs to you. So if paying your tithe is a giving, is a voluntary thing, if it is something that you can do voluntarily, then God cannot say that you have robbed him. Because then you are doing it out of good way. It is myself who worked. I went to work. I earned my money. And I am the one that says, I'll give you 10%. This week I say I can't. What, why can't what, what is your problem? But God is saying that you have robbed him. You have robbed him. That means that even before you took that 10%, he is, his hand is in it already. So the only power that you have over your tithe, the only power that you have over it is to hand it over. That is all. You have not, nothing else to talk about the tithe. You have nothing to decide on what the tithe should be used for. You see, I hear some people, they talk about, oh, um, I don't pay my tithe because I, 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 when I pay the tithe, the pastors are using the tithe to eat bread and butter and they are living a good life and I am suffering. Look, the tithe belongs to the Lord. I said the tithe belongs to the Lord. And if you give the tithe, if you give the tithe, it is for the Lord. Look at Leviticus chapter 27 verse 30. 
Leviticus 27 and verse 30. It says, and all the tithe of the land, all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It's the Lord's. The tithe is the Lord's. 10% of your increase is the Lord's. It says, all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. And he says, it is holy unto the Lord. That means don't touch it. It is a holy thing. Don't touch it. It belongs to the Lord. So, if it is the Lord's and I don't come, if you earn your money and you have your 90%, does somebody come to tell you how to use your money? Do I come and say, look, take 5% for this and pay your bill. Don't pay this bill. Don't do anyone come to tell you how to use your money. So, if God says the tithe is mine and it is for him, what right do you have to tell God how to use his tithe and how to use his money? What right do you have to say that I am not giving it to you because you give it to your man of God to misuse it? What right do you have to tell God to how to use his money? Your responsibility is just to give it. Now, what another person does with the tithe, leave it to God and that person to deal with. Look, I am delivering you from all this mentality that has brought you curses, that has brought you poverty. The reason why you are still behind the bars of iron and the the gates of brass, I am teaching you that. That they misuse the tithe and they, 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 they eat bread and butter with the tithe. And they buy cars with the tithe. And they wear jewelry with the tithe. 10% is the loss. And you have no business how the Lord uses it. Once it is the loss, it is the Lord. He can choose to use it whichever way he wants. And it's not your business. Hallelujah. Amen. Since the tithe is not for you, presenting it to the Lord is not the same as giving it to the Lord. You are not giving it to the Lord. After you have paid your tithe, you do not possess any property of the Lord. It is the Lord's property. The tithe is the Lord's property. Once you have paid it, you have nothing else. You have fulfilled what your portion is with your increase. And the Bible says, all the tithe belongs to the Lord. It says, and all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. It is holy unto the Lord. Hallelujah. It is holy unto the Lord. Can you imagine that an armed robber comes to your house and he comes to steal. He comes to rob you. And then he takes the money everything that you have, and then he comes back to you and gives you some clothes that belongs to you that he sold. He says, I'm giving you for your birthday. And that is what we do with our tithe. We rob God, and then we come and then we give offering. We take from God, and then we come and then we give offering. So, someone says, I don't, I don't pay tithe. I don't, my, tithe is, I, 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 my tithe is playing drums. Who said that God is going to use your tithe to pay drummers? Who said that God is going to use your tithe to pay drummers? I don't pay tithe because my tithe is, um, I do all the work that I do. I project, I, I, I clean the church. Who said that God's tithe is going to use it to pay cleaners? He says, will a man rob God? You are robbing God. You are detecting to God how he should use his time. You are telling God how he should manage his affairs. You are telling God how he should manage money. He says, the tithe is, 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 is God's money. It is holy. And you have no saying, you have no decision making in how the tithe will be used. 
Well, is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So stop complaining and pastors eating the tithe and pastors doing this. That is why I'm not paying my tithe. You are just bringing a case upon yourself. Leave the pastor to deal with God. Let God deal with the pastor. Because the tithe belongs to the Lord. If the pastor is going to mismanage God's money, leave it to him. But for you, give unto the Lord what belongs to him. Our time is up. Our time is up. Our time is up. So let us pause here and we will continue next time that we meet.